you for downloading and happiness. Dare to be happy. We are two curious friends that want to explore what makes us happy. In each episode, we will take a topic in alphabetical order and discuss how it relates to and impacts happiness. We will live the experience of each concept through a dare that we set each other and then talk about how it affected our happiness. As well as diving into psychological theories and evidence which supports or contradicts our personal experiences. In other words, in this show, psychology meets play. I'm Kitty Newman, Director of Trapeze Media, a digital marketing agency that leads with social. My company philosophy is based on the importance of play in all our lives and how important it is to be happy at work. I have been obsessed with the circus for a few years, hence the name Trapeze Media, and making time for things like handstands and aerial in amongst the day-to-day challenges that come with running a successful business makes me happy. My name is Claudia Mitura. I'm a work psychologist and learning and development specialist with a purpose to boost happiness in the workplace. I love experimenting and applying scientific research on happiness to my daily ups and downs, or just to prove my other half wrong. I also like to look for happiness in unusual places, so I won't shy away from diving with sharks or starring in a pantomime. Sometimes this gets me in trouble. Time waits for no man. What does that even mean, Claudia? Time will be a forever running thing and you can't ever catch up with it. Who knows? I wonder if we'll find out. (laughs) Me too. Time is one of those things that it's very easily spent but cannot be bought. And it seems that we feel nowadays time poor more than ever. We feel time poor. Yeah, more than ever. Mm. Oh, I feel heavy thinking about that time poverty. This week, our dare was to do things that we usually say we don't have time for. So how did it go for you, Kitty? Claudia, there have been some dares that I have not been able to achieve. And it gets to the day of recording and I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, I'm going to record the podcast and I haven't been able to do the dare. (laughs) And then I think about time and our conversation and I'm going to just be interested to know how I feel at the end of it by actually, weirdly, having not been able to make time to make time (laughs) for the time dare. Oh my goodness, I've struggled so much. There was a specific thing that I wanted to make time for, which was making this jumper. I've been making it for like over a year, knitting it for a friend's baby. I won't say which friend because spoiler alert. And also then they'll be like, oh, right. Okay, great. You haven't finished it. (laughs) It's one of those things where you have to sit down and knit and you can't do anything else. And that's why it's such a gift. It's such a great thing to be able to do. But I put it off and off and off and off and off. So I was about to leave the house to go see a friend for the weekend. I was going to put it in my bag. I thought this is going to be the perfect opportunity to make time for the jumper. But I thought, no, because you have to sit and I want to be with the friend. And I was in a real conflict of bringing the jumper with me to make time for it and didn't do it. Oh, so I've let you down. Hi, 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 Kitty. I know. It's become clearer and clearer and clearer to me that I actually spend my time quite well. Even though I didn't do that one thing, there's lots of things that I would normally put off. But actually, 
actually, I just get other people to help me with them. And as I started puzzling out my inability to complete this dare, it's because the things I put off and off, actually, I don't get any joy from them. And I put them off and then I get other people to help me with them. Very interesting. <laughs> so you're telling me that you're procrastinating to do something and then finally when you get to it, you just delegate it to other people. <laughs> yes, that's exactly <laughs> it. Fantastic. Well, it is one of the ways to deal with procrastination, I guess. And it is one of the ways to manage your time. So what I manage actually to do, I have tackled my list with three tasks that I procrastinated to do for months. And as part of the dare, well, I wasn't that clever and I didn't delegate it to people. But I looked at the list and I spent a few minutes every day to work on those tasks. And I almost cleaned up that list. Oh, wow. Well done. And I felt so good about it. It just really made me think about this entire concept that how it is that we don't feel that we have enough of time and we live in this time when being busy is almost like a badge of honor. How are you doing? I'm very, very busy. And yet there are certain tasks that we put on our to-do list and we never have time to complete them. Well, it's this thing of productivity being the goal and the winning thing. Being productive is super important in our status. But I think that is one thing I have been contemplating because I've thought about the dare a lot. And I am very productive running the business, working with everybody in the team, delivering for clients. I've obviously, like everybody else, got a long list of things. And some of those things get pushed and pushed and pushed to the back. And I don't find time for them. But my approach to those things are about their importance. And actually, can I let them go? Rather than panicking that I don't have enough time in my day, what can I let go of? And what is actually important in the day? To make time for the things that are important. I think to-do lists have a purpose in some ways, but I think they can be an anxiety making poke of what you're not achieving and how you're not being productive, which is unfair of that list, really. If you just keep moving stuff from list to list to list, if you've moved it on that many times, does it really need to be done? Traditionally, when scientists were speaking about time, they were speaking about time management methods. And they were talking about different tools. You could have squares of urgent and important tasks. You can have specific lists to do's. And there are lots of different methods you can use. But more recently, the conversation on time shifted to managing our perspective, managing our choices and our expectations, as you say. So it's more about managing ourselves in time rather than managing time per se. And this actually comes to the idea of something called time paradox, because actually, whether time flows quickly or slowly, and whether we believe we have enough time or not enough, depends on our perspective. So think about the situation when you are really rushing and running for a train. That last five minutes 
speed up, right? It's not enough. You almost like the time is running against you. And then if you are already waiting on the platform and you don't have your phone, you don't have your booked, even five minutes can be the longest time. When I do my yoga and there are some difficult positions, one minute to hold the very difficult position is the longest time period (laughs) ever. And it's not that the time changes, you know, a minute is a minute, an hour, it's an hour, a day, it's a day, but our perspective of it changes. And like when you get older, time feels like it's getting quicker. I mean, it's boring how everyone's like, oh my God, I can't believe it's nearly Christmas. But we weren't saying that when we were kids. We were like, in a six-week school holiday, it would feel like forever. Now a year goes by like a week. Absolutely. And that is all our perspective. But also there are studies suggesting that we have more free time than we perceive we have. So studies have shown that the average American has five hours and 14 minutes of free time per day, while the average Brit has five hours and 49 minutes. That is a lot of free time. But despite these healthy sums, four out of five Americans feel they don't have enough time to do everything they want, while three out of four Brits feel they are not getting the most out of their time. People don't think they're getting enough out of their time, but actually they have more time available than they thought. So why is that? I always do feel a bit pinched for time. I hate the feeling of being with somebody and my head being at the next thing, thinking this has probably got to wrap up soon because I've got to be at the next thing. And actually, I do feel like I'm being squeezed for time, but I guess I'm not. Are we talking about free time just not working? Or are we saying free time is no plans? Yeah, just free time, which can be assigned to something. I think that idea of a time paradox is quite important and can explain why we may have time, but we don't really feel we do. And there are these four time quadrants, which are quite mysterious, but they can tell us of what perspective we have towards time. So if you imagine a square and you divide it into four smaller squares, you have your time quadrants. And we can have a mindset of a procrastinator when we feel there is never enough time. We have a tendency to put things off because we're thriving actually under pressure. And because we're putting things off, everything is always urgent and important. And when I was thinking about my list, when I really procrastinated and I was leaving it, I actually realized that it was because I felt that some of the tasks were overwhelming and some tasks actually I didn't have enough courage to do. And some tasks I just didn't want to do. So I was trying to kind of almost forget about them. Oh, totally. When you're in procrastinator mind, why do you procrastinate? It's usually a big project and I think about how perfect it has to be. And I don't think I can actually do that. When actually, I know if I just get started, I will end up working it out as it goes along and then it will get to where I need it to be eventually. Not as perfect as I had in my head. But one thing that I did start doing, I read this book called Indistractable by Nia Eyal. And in there, he said about making to-do lists, rather than making the end goal, the to-do, it was like work on it for an hour rather than write the sales pitch for this restaurant. 
It was like, work on the sales pitch for that restaurant for one hour. You're not intimidated or overwhelmed by the end goal. And that kind of ties in with time. I guess the perception of putting it down to that time of one hour feels so much more relieving and less pressure and easier to handle than actually this whole thing that's kind of abstract and feels like it will take forever. Exactly. And you're appreciating the progress. So even you hadn't finished, you did work on it. And that counts. I like that idea a lot. Another quadrant that we have is a yes person. So when we're in that mindset, we are very keen to give our time away to other people. And we suddenly dealing with urgent things of other people rather than things that are important to us. And we can definitely struggle to find happiness here because people always have demands and expectations. So once I was told that if you start your day with checking your emails, you giving a power to all the people of what are you working on? Because the emails from people are what's important to them, not necessarily what's important to you. So that's a quite important twist. And another one that I recently heard, instead of suffering from FOMO, the fear of missing out and feeling we have to say yes to everything, it's celebrating JOMO, so joy of missing out. Because that means we can do something important to ourselves. Yeah, Jomo, I'm into that. But emails, that is such a powerful idea. I always check my emails first. Why do we do that? Why is that such a habit? But you're right. That's just me answering people's demands for them. I guess I like to go in there and see what little wins I've had because it kind of is a bit of a boost. But actually, mainly it's a distraction. Yeah, sometimes it's quite nice to understand when are you at your best during the day when it comes to your attention. And for me in the morning, it's the best creativity time. So if I start writing emails in the morning and responding to emails, I wasted the very amazing creativity time in which I could be writing content. So I always check my emails a little bit later, not the first thing in the morning. Another quadrant, slackers. So if we are in that quadrant, we giving in to time wasters. So nothing that is very important, nothing that's urgent. And we kind of feel that there is always tomorrow, there is plenty of time and we are spending our time in excess. And I think time wasters are quite important because we mentioned it when we were speaking about social media. It can be seen as a time waster, but I think the idea is to really think, are these time wasters making us happy? If yes, that's great. Let's enjoy them. But let's also be conscious that maybe we should be cutting out some time wasters to gain that extra time that the statistics are showing that we actually have. And the final quadrant, which is this mindset that we really want to be in, it's prioritizer. So it is really recognizing that time is a limited resource. And in order to be happy, we need to manage our choices, perspective of time and how we spend it. And there are three specific things about managing our perspective. So one is Stop saying that we don't have time to do something. It's more saying, I don't have time to do A because I'm choosing to spend my time on B, C, and D, and this is why. So realizing that it's always a choice. If you're not doing A, you're probably doing something else, and there is a reason for that. To be honest, I think that's why, other than the jumper, which I am not making time to do, I do think I appreciate that element of choice. 
And so deciding what to spend my time on is very specific. And so the things where I delegated, it's like the garden. The garden has been an absolute mess for ages. I'm not doing the garden because it's not what I want to do. So I've made a choice to ask somebody else to do it for me because I want to focus my time on BCD, not A, the garden. And actually, maybe that's my sort of approach anyway. But if I really want to do the jumper, I do need to make the choice to fit that into what's happening. And I have been choosing other things over the jumper, but it's getting to crunch time now, that deadline (laughs) of Christmas is coming out very soon. (laughs) And now we're all expecting to see a jumper (laughs) on Unhappiness Instagram. I mean, you know, that's what we're waiting for, Kitty. So you have extra pressure. I completely agree with you. I think another very good attitude of prioritizer is accept that other people are better at some things than you are and capitalize on their strengths and ask them to help you rather than you struggling to do something for quite a long time, whereas someone can do it in split seconds. So I absolutely love your approach. And another one which I really like, and you already mentioned, is managing our expectations because that's definitely a big one for me. It took me a while to understand that I'm not a robot surprise, surprise. (laughs) And I do have worse and better days and my productivity goes down and up through the day. So there are moments in my day when I'm very productive and my attention is amazing. And this is when I should be planning, creating, making decisions. And there are moments when my attention is almost asleep and I need to be doing very simple admin tasks and responding to those little small questions on the email because it's quite quick and easy and I don't need that brain power. And for me, understanding that meant that I gained so much time and peace at my work rather than trying to be 110% whole day, every day. That's interesting. So if someone was to say, oh, have you finished that jumper yet? And I would say, oh, I haven't had time. It sort of cushions the perceived judgment from them. Because if I say, oh, no, I haven't because I've been doing this instead. So your feedback then of, but I've chosen to do this instead. To me, it's like because of this like idea of productivity and how we should be achieving all the time to find this power in that choice will definitely help me with that ridiculous internal dialogue that I've got of somebody else judging me for not having done the jumper. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that will help with our perspective. I think we will feel that we're gaining time, even though time is an illusion. We're not gaining time. We're not losing time. We're just changing our perspective about the time. Yes, this is what I love because it's like a practical thing to now implement in my life. So like, have you done this yet? Oh, not yet. I've chosen to do this before that. And then I'll be like, wow, God, that feels good because I'm in control of my life. (laughs) Yes. That's exactly what we want. We want you, Kitty, to be in control of your life and happiness. we gain time and we make specific adjustments and we gain those five hours that the statistic is talking about, how can we spend the free time in a way to bring us happiness? 
Well, uh, yeah, so we've just been talking about work, productivity. I guess, is it something that's not productive? Does it combine lots of things that we've talked about before, like play? I fill my free time with more productivity. I mean, I do make to-do lists for the weekend of like, how's things to do? What is free time anymore? I often work at the weekend. I'm not helping here at all. (laughs) (laughs) And now you're feeling guilty about jumper, which is your free time as well. I know exactly what is free time. Well, I don't know, but there is quite cool book written by James Wallman, uh, Time and How to Spend It. And he reviewed scientific research on happiness and created a checklist that can help us to make better choices about free time so that we can experience more happiness in life. <gasps> Great. How amazing. And he came up with an acronym to help us to remember it better. Good, because that's what helps me remember things. Okay, so the acronym is STORIES. Stories, okay. So what he says, when considering whether or not an activity is going to be worth spending your time, the first question you can ask yourself is, will it give me a story to tell others or will it bring me an insight about who I am? This is because any valuable experience that boosts our happiness is something we wish to share with other people. Oh, that's really nice. So the first S is story. The second is transformation. Will it help you to develop, grow, or transform? And this is, again, because from research, we know that any activities that help us to learn, improve, bring us more meaning and fulfillment in life. O is for outside and offline, because, again, being offline, being outside in the nature, help us to improve our mood. R is for relationships. Will it bring me closer? Closer to others and enhance our relationships. Again, it's good for our social connection. Intensity, it's intensive enough that it requires our concentration so that we can be really in the flow, immersed fully in the activity. Extraordinary, maybe different or a new. And status and significance, will it connect me to others and help me to feel more significant? Wow, cool. So it's an entire model that can help us to select activities in our free time. If you're planning your weekend and you actually think, well, I actually don't know what I'm going to do. You can use this stories checklist to help you to build your activity. You're not going to hit all of the elements. You're going to maybe hit two or three or four. And you can actually then think, great, if you hit some of those elements, you have higher chances of boosting your happiness. I mean, how cool is that? What if we're talking about something like sitting down on a Friday night and watching Gogglebox? I love Gogglebox. But it's more like a treat, you know? It's like, oh yeah, I'm going to watch Gogglebox tonight. But I'm not going to tell anyone about that. It doesn't transform me. It doesn't enhance any relationships. But it's like a nice little treat with a glass of wine. So how much happiness does it bring you in comparison to any other? I think it brings me a good amount of happiness, I'll be honest. And why is that? Is it because of actually the transformation? Because you are actually learning something and is it a bit extraordinary because it does bring a story to your life? Because it's a different in some way? It is different. It's one of those things where it's like, oh, great, I'm going to relax and watch the TV. It does feel like a treat. Even if I watched it every Friday, I'd look forward to it and enjoy it like a series. So would you say that's a transformation thing because it's like transforming yourself into a new zone or something? 
Potentially, I think it is a story which gives you a certain element and you think about relating and relaxing with it. And it is a new and different because you don't do it every day. Yeah, that's true. And I would talk to friends about it. I mean, you're talking about it on a podcast. So many people are going to actually listen to this story, Kitty. I'm not saying that this model, it will always apply. And I'm not definitely saying that there are certain activities which may not hit those aspects. And that means they won't bring us happiness. But I think what the author of the book is trying to say is, if we have a limited free time, let's do activities that really can increase our happiness. And on the basis of the research, those are the elements that can help us with that. So it's nothing wrong with sitting, having a glass of wine and watching something you love. It doesn't really matter that maybe certain activities don't hit all of these aspects or none of it. We can still get enjoyment from that. I think he's just trying to give us a little bit direction. Yeah, well, I do really love the sound of those. I think they make sense. And I do love Gogglebox. (laughs) Kitty, we spoke about very big topic time. I know, I can't believe it. And we are running out of time to talk about it. Ah, no, what a paradox. Exactly. That's like an unhappiness keyword that is paradox. If I was a statistician and work out how many different paradoxical theories there are featured in and happiness, because we featured a time paradox today. Yeah, so time paradox... We believe that we need to manage time, but the truth is we need to manage ourselves in time. Our individual attitudes towards time shape our perspective and whether the time flows slowly or quickly and whether we feel we have enough time or not, it is all in our perspective. Wow. It's just so huge a concept, isn't it? Time only exists because it's been decided to be put numbers on. Like the working day is only structured because somebody said it should be. It's actually, we should be way more relaxed about time. (laughs) Absolutely. And actually, you know what? Studies show that it's better if you work four hours and really concentrate. You'll be much more productive than working eight hours with distractions. Because you remember, it takes us 23 minutes and 15 seconds to go back to the original task if we get distracted. So I'm voting for a four-hour day. (laughs) Me too. I vote for a four-hour day. I know Friday polls, they vote for a four-day week. So it's all about the fours. Four hours a day four days a week perfect sounds amazing and we have four time quadrants so yeah all about the four so we have the procrastinator when we procrastinate and there are certain reasons for that yes person are we giving our time away to other people demands slacker are we giving in into time wasters or we are a prioritizer but we're really managing our expectations our productivity and we know we have a choice and a power how we spend that time and we can boost our happiness by planning our free time with Stories! Yay! Stories! Well done, Kitty. I love an acronym. So next week, Claudia, the letter that comes after T is U. U. Well, I don't believe we're already speaking about you. Before we know it, it will be Christmas. You're right. (laughs) How time flies. So, Claudia, 
We are going to be talking about the unknown and happiness. So the dare this week is to put yourself in at least one situation where the outcome is unknown. So get out of your comfort zone. I like that. Mm, How are you feeling about that? Excited. Great. Well, I am also very excited about the unknown and its mysteries. So we look forward to you all listening to next week's episode. And also come and join us over on Instagram and Happiness Official. And also go and check out the website. All the episodes are on there, as well as a download of our top 10 tips in alphabetical order of some things that you can do to improve your happiness. So until next week, we dare you, you to, to be, be happy. happy. Woohoo! Bye. Bye.